let's get started. I'm Joe. And I'm Brian. And we are Where is the Rulebook? We're going to bring you a weekly board game walkthrough for your lunch break or daily commute. This season one of Where is the Rulebook? We'll be focusing on games to get you started in the world of board gaming or just any staple for a game night. We will be walking you through the rulebooks of some of the most loved board games known by all. In today's episode, we introduce a new game, we'll give you some general information about it, then we'll talk about how you win, what it takes to set it up, actions each player can take per turn, and what causes the game to come to an end. We have laid out a few examples that you will see when playing the game, and we're going to play those through with you. Then we'll get a little more personal, talk about our strategies, our opinions of the game, and if we recommend you guys picking this game up. We are a team of adventurers working together to find four sacred treasures. Can we buy enough time before the entire area sinks below the seas? Find out in today's game, Forbidden Island. On the box, this game takes 30 minutes to play. And you can play it between two and four players. Board Game Geek does recommend it with the four players. And this game gets classified as a co-op game, a grid movement, and hand management. Now, where is the rulebook? And once you open the box, you're going to find treasure and flood cards, adventure cards and player pawns, 24 island tiles, four treasure figurines, and a water meter with a level marker. And of course, the rule book. Now that everything's out of the box, let's set up the game. First, we have to actually create the Forbidden Island. You're going to shuffle the 24 island tiles and randomly place them face up which is the non-blue side, because they are the same on both sides of the tile, into a grid of 4x4 four four tiles. Then, take the last 8 tiles and place 2 in the middle of each side of the grid. You're going to place the 4 treasure figurines around the outside of the island, just to be there, and separate the cards into 3 decks. The flood deck, that has the blue back, treasure deck, that has the red back, and the 6 adventure cards. The next thing we're going to do is we're going to grab that flood deck and we're going to shuffle it and place it face down on the side of the board. And then to start, we're going to draw this top six cards one at a time and place them face up next to the draw pile. For each of those cards drawn, the corresponding island tile is going to get flipped over to the blue side or the flooded side. Next, we're going to shuffle the six adventure cards and randomly deal one to each player. Each adventurer has a special power that only they can do during the game. Each player will then take the pawn matching the adventure card's color and place them on the corresponding island tile that has the pawn featured on it. Now we're going to shuffle the treasure deck, dealing two to each player face up so everyone can see them. If anyone gets the water rise card, give them a different treasure card and shuffle the water rise back into the deck. And finally, we're going to set the water level by sliding the marker on the side of the water meter to set your difficulty level anywhere from novice to legendary. And now that it's set up, let's talk about what we do each turn. And a turn consists of three things that you must do in this order, and you have to do all three every turn. You're going to take up to three actions, draw two treasure cards, draw flood cards equal to the level of the water meter. For the first part, where you can take up to three actions, there are a number of actions you can take. You can move with one action to any tile adjacent to the tile you're on. You can shore up an adjacent flooded island tile by flipping it to the unflooded side that's blue to the normal side. You can give one treasure card to any player that's on the same tile as yourself. And finally, you can take one action to discard four matching treasure cards in your hand to capture the corresponding treasure if you are on that tile. And after you take your three actions, you're going to draw two treasure cards. 
Now, there is a hand limit size of five cards per player, and there are special actions in the treasure deck that can be played at any time. These do not require an action to be played and are discarded right afterwards. And then finally, there are the, there is also the water rise cards. You move the level of the water meter up, take all the cards from the flooded discard pile, shuffle them back in, face down on top of the flooded deck. The water rise card then is discarded. There are a couple special things to note on the water rise. If you draw a water rise card, you do not get a replacement card. That's what you get. And if you draw two of them, uh, you shuffle the flood pile, but you only do it one time. And the water level marker does move up, though, twice. But if you draw a water rise card and there are no cards in the flood discard pile, you only move the water level marker up. Lastly, you will draw flood cards from the flood deck. You draw cards equal to the number that's on the water meter. Any island card drawn forces that island tile to be flooded. If it's face up on the normal side, just means you flip it over to the blue side. However, if the island is already flooded, that means the tile is removed from the board and does not return. And a note to that, if there is a pawn in that flooded tile, when it sinks, that pawn must swim to an adjacent tile if it's available. And now that you know how to play the game, how does it end? You can only win if you and your teammates have collected all four treasures and have moved their pawns to the special Fool's Landing tile, which is indicated by a helicopter. And one player discards the helicopter lift card to lift your team off the island to safety. However, there are four possible ways to lose. If both the tiles for a specific treasure sink before your team can collect that treasure, you lose. If the fool's landing tile sinks, you lose. If any player is on an island that sinks and they can't swim to an adjacent tile, you lose. And finally, if the water level reaches the very top, you lose. And like Tiny Epic Galaxies, we've decided that there isn't really any need to set up any sort of sample turns. We are just going to kind of continue on and talk about the game itself. But we will note that this is one of my favorite ways to start the game. The player who last was on an island goes first. Like, it's just perfect. I, I do it, like it when there's it a theme. meets the theme. It's fun. It's not like the last person who like saw a tree. Like it's unique and it's just it's a it's a great way to do it. Which one of us was last on an island? Mackinac Island. I, I mean that's an island. Oh, it is definitely an island. I wasn't <laughs> questioning its islandness, but I was there last spring. So that's before me, because I well in May I went to Alaska. I went, I went to one of the islands. Now you said island in Alaska. I remember I actually went to Mackinac Island the week after that because I was supposed to go to Alaska that same time and we didn't. Ironically. So, yes. So, so you, I, you still beat me. I get to go first because <laughs> I was on the island and I've already booked my trip for the next island. So that should count too. Oh, fair enough. You are the last person to visit an island in the future. <laughs> Perfect. I'll always take a small win. Overall, Joe, what do you think? Forbidden Island has a very special place in my house because my wife like is on the game shelf or uh, we actually have I have a separate shelf for my wife and I because we have a couple games that are very that mean, for instance, that you and I play that are very difficult 
or very in depth. And then I have a, I'm not saying that anything wrong for my wife, but there are games that are just fun. And I, this is one of those games that are fun and it's not complicated and it's pretty quick. So it keeps your attention. It's real easy to play uh, and she loves it. So on my shelf, whenever we have like a quick game night, this is one of like the five games that she picks from and she goes i really want to play this 30 minute game time and i even think that might be a little bit of a over guess i feel like it's if you had four people i think that's true 30 minutes is accurate otherwise say, it's pretty quick i would say 20 at the most it's usually i don't think i've ever played with four i think i've only ever played with three but yeah i mean game right who makes this game they make so many good games they tend to be family focused games but not all of them the newest one shifting stones i haven't played yet but i've heard great things about it i'm really excited i didn't even know there was a new one i think it got announced at gen con oh, it's out but it's i think i brand new i haven't seen it yet yeah it's it's very new what about you i like it i haven't played it a whole lot it feels to me i mean it's definitely not the same theme but it feels a lot like pandemic to me with like the jobs and everything too i think it's it's a fun game but i think i think you hit it correctly it's a good game for like a beginning of a game night or maybe some people who aren't as into board games i think i think it's well done i think it's well made the box is nice i do, i think it's weird it's in a tin but game right kind of does that I think it just it's hard for someone like myself who has them in a shelf they don't sit as well as a box does but i mean the box the tin the tin is nice has spots for everything the treasures are really cool maybe overkill even for what they are but they're really nice i like the tiles i like that they're like these are even when you try to like bend them or anything like these are high quality yeah i'm impressed and i really like the that they didn't do too much for the flooded side. It's just like, you know, the blue overlay almost. Just enough to kind of just give it a tint. Really easy spots to like see the name of it. So you don't even have to know the pictures. I like that the player jobs, what do they call them in this one? They're adventures. The adventures. Yeah. I like that the back of them is also, you know, the order of play, the action. So you don't have to try to... I mean, there's only four actions. It just saves space. Everything yeah. has like a very everything's utilized very well and there's no wasted space yeah exactly which is nice i think they could use some work on the on the jobs on the on the adventures there are there some are of them are a little <laughs> weak but i mean i guess if you're a group of four people on an island that's sinking that some reason you decided to go to try to find some treasure on real quick maybe you're not gonna all have amazing jobs but and i haven't played forbidden desert I heard it's better. I heard it's better. So I wonder if that's something that they may have changed. Because I feel like... This is the first one. Yeah, this is the first. There's six job options. But realistically, I think there's only three of them that are, like, actually helpful. The other ones yeah. are kind of like, yeah, that's there. And then, like, the diver is, like, it might be helpful in one certain situation. Do you... So the rules say that you're supposed to shuffle and deal them out randomly. Have you ever done that? I feel like I've always done that. I, I would say the majority of the time, I let people pick. Oh, really? I think it creates a more fun, like, oh, I want to be able to fly anywhere. Oh, especially for, like... Do you tell them flying. their benefit, or do you just tell them, 
do you want to be a pilot or a diver if they don't know what benefit that gives so what you like tell them do you want to be the pilot which means once per turn you can fly to any tile i i tell them that okay so once i set the game up i lay out the six jobs and i tell i I make it like okay you pick first kind of thing and i say here's the the jobs you can either pick one or just i'll give you one if they say like i'll just take anything i usually give them a good one sure (laughs) so i'm like i want you to have fun and i don't want you to be the diver and just every turn not really do anything yeah but a diver you can still do everything which I guess is a nice part of this game, just because you have a bad adventure or a bad job, I keep wanting to call it. You still do everything, it's just your special isn't as good. As good. And like I said, I was talking to you beforehand, I think the diver has came into play for times that I've played it. And like every once in a while, when that person is the diver, you're like, oh, that like literally just won us the game because you were able to swim there and we weren't. The fact that the tiles can be placed in any specific pattern because the game has you put it out basically in a big square. With That's a the only points. thing I've ever done. There is a lot of artistic people out there. <laughs> there are people way more clever than us. And uh, I have a, I have a sheet basically, the cheat sheet that I use that has a bunch of designs. And I often go with like a skull because I think it's funny. That it, I think it's great because it's like, oh, this is like a forbidden island. It's spooky. It's a skull. And then uh, it oft it often makes the game harder too because now if if certain adjacent tiles, if certain aren't tiles as easy. sink, then you're like, oh no, that's way out there. Instead of a square where it's pretty much everything's yeah. easy to get to. I was, that's something I always thought about with the square. I felt like I was never super cut off. I just had to, you know, take a few extra moves to get around something. But if you switch it to a new shape, I could see that. I'm definitely going to look into that. I mean, I like I said, I didn't know that that was out for other people coming up with that. So I'm definitely going to pull up that document and probably have it in my copy of this. All in all, this game, it's been out a while, and it's 20 bucks. And I'll tell you what, I see it all the time. It's still out. It's still everywhere. And I, I still think that it's a game that everyone should at least own. Yeah, I think this is, like, I mean, it's, it's game right. Yeah. So it's everywhere. Like, the Targets, the Walmarts, like, every store sells game right. You don't have to be a board game store for that. But I don't see Forbidden Desert around much. I, I don't see even the, uh, what is it called? Forbidden Sky? No. Isn't that a different game? Nope. That is, they have a triple. It's a, it's it a, is tied into this one? There's, it's a huge box. There's a trilogy. Oh, okay. It's uh, Island, Desert, and I think Sky? Yeah, I think it is Sky. I always thought it was a different franchise. I think it, I'm pretty sure it's the same. Because that one comes in like an actual box, like bigger than Small World's box. If I if well, I'm thinking of the right you're one, you're making me rethink it. <laughs> I could be. I also could be totally totally wrong, but, but I know Forbidden Desert comes in the same tin and the same shape and everything. I've only seen it one time, and I like I told you beforehand, I was debating on even like bringing up the fact that one time I did see it is a really good friend of mine years ago, probably at least six years ago now, bought me Forbidden Desert for Christmas. We had a Christmas party. He brought it over. He's like, hey, open my gift. I'm excited for it. He's played Island quite a bit. And so he's like, I got you desert. I heard it's a lot of fun. So we opened it. We didn't even play it. We just looked at the pieces, you know, like like I always do. Just open it up and touch everything and then put it all back in and play it, you know, six months later. The next morning I went to clean up. The game was gone. <laughs> Couldn't find it anywhere in my house. It wasn't in the garbage. I messaged him. I was like, hey, did you take Forbidden Desert back home with you? Like. If you did, that's fine. I was just I was gonna put it in my shelf, and now I don't <laughs> see it. 
and someone at the party decided they needed it more than me, I guess, and they took it or thought it was theirs and took it. Like maybe they had the copy and they're like, oh, I must have brought that and like grabbed it as they, on their way out. And so he felt so bad, which I told him was dumb because it wasn't him that took it. But he felt so bad he bought me Forbidden Island a few days later and brought it over. <laughs> well, it's thanks to that, though, that we now are talking about Forbidden Island. But I could have had Forbidden Desert and we oh, could have played both. both. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did confirm Game Right does Forbidden Sky. Okay. Is the box huge? The box is huge. Yeah, <laughs> it's huge. I think I've seen that BAM. It comes, it comes with like a spaceship that's as big as the Forbidden yeah. Island box. That's why I never thought it was the same <laughs> franchise or same theme. I just thought, I mean, forbidden is a pretty normal word. So I was like, oh, it must just be so playing off of it. But So real quick, we've talked about a lot of things that we like. I would recommend it. Is there anything about this that you don't like? Because I have one. You've played this a lot more than I have. It's true. So I, I would imagine that you will have more than me. I feel like for me, just quickly thinking about it, I want there... I want... I guess I don't know. I almost want something to be just a little bit more complex. Right. But I think the maps could do that for me. I think the square is where I've always been like, this just seems very simple. It is. It's always been fun, but it's always just been like, yeah, it's simple. I have other game right games that I like more. And so like I struggle to find time to put this on the table when, you know, there's so many others even by the same company that my wife and I enjoy playing. But I mean, and we've talked about that in the past too. If you start, you know, making the game more difficult, then you start losing that entry level. Okay. That's sweet. You just showing me the picture of all the different maps and <laughs> there's a circle, which I think would be impossible <laughs> that. Yeah. Do they like rate them? How hard? No, right. someone just made a bunch and then posted it that's on the so forum. Cool. And that's something like, that's why I love board games. Because, like, that isn't needed by any means. Forbidden Island and Game Right don't care that, to my knowledge, they don't care that someone did this. It's just so nice. Like, I love when I find games and, like, you know, I'm always Googling, like, companion apps, scorekeeping apps, like, for my phone to keep with that game. And, like, finding Google documents or yeah stuff just to have. I mean... It's it's just it, nice. It really shows the love of the community for yeah. a game that someone's like, you know, I love this game and here's something that I do to make it even better. Yeah. And they share it. Everyone shares it. Oh, yeah. We've done things like that and we share it. Yeah. I spent way too many hours putting a game uh, cheat sheet together <laughs> and just like put it on Facebook and said, yeah. here you guys go. I yeah. just wasted days. <laughs> I hope you enjoy it. If you don't, tell me why and I'll fix it. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's stuff like that, which really like, Every time it happens, makes me just like fall in love again with board games. Yeah, that was the first time that I've done one that I've shared publicly. Like I've done them, uh, like I've done personally stuff. I know I did a huge one for Zombie Side that I have in my collection. You should that to me. I got that. Yeah, I shared it to binder. you. Yeah, it's, a, <laughs> it's the biggest binder I've ever used out of all my schooling and everything. That binder for Zombie Side is the most complex binder I've ever made. But what about you? What is the thing that you? Uh, this and i'm holding up the water meter and the water level so the way it works is there's there's sections two three four five and they go from novice like well, really and, easy and all six the way up you die and six is the the skull and crossbones that's like death we often play in like normal my wife and i but the minute you jump up to like elite 
the game gets exponentially harder. Yeah, I mean, it is elite. And then I don't even know how you would do legendary. I've never done it before. But the game is like th- that jump, like normal to elite. Why isn't there like a hard <laughs> and then elite? So are you thinking that you would like another spot that's still in the two tile? I would like a challenging elite? area before elite. Like, why is I mean, it novice? there's four sections. I mean, even though it's called elite, like, that, I mean, it's kind of like hard. Once you get, if you ever get to four, the game's like in panic mode. Oh, yeah. I don't, like, if you get to four, you're, I mean, you're done in like a turn. It's, and then I've never been to five, but I can't imagine it's fun. I don't know. That's my only qualm with the game. But if that is my only issue, I mean, that's not that big of an issue. My issue is the harder section is too hard. <laughs> <laughs> The, your issue with the game is that you aren't good enough. Got it. Now, like I said, you've played this way more than me. So is Elite that much more difficult with four players than with just two, with just Nicole and you? I've never played Elite with four people. So maybe it's easier. I imagine it'd be harder. I would imagine it would be harder. You to remember, every turn that player has to draw uh, treasure cards, yeah. which could be Water Rise. And draw the flood deck, which constantly keeps flooding tiles. Um, it's hard to say. Uh, playing normal with four people is often pretty fun. Uh, because every turn, instead of just trying to get to the treasure, every turn is kind of like, all right, let's stop this from sinking. Yeah. So you're constantly trying to shore up islands. So I guess that kind of leads us straight into our next one. Uh, is that your strategy? Keeping the islands yeah. up. Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of people, uh, especially people that I introduced to this game, they don't shore up. They, they keep in their mind like, oh, I have to go to the treasure. Eyes on the treasure. And I'm like, yeah, they're they're cool. I mean, if you look at the treasures, I don't know why they're so detailed. <laughs> they are so detailed. It's out of place, but in a good way. Yeah. It's one of those things that you don't expect for and you said it, a twenty dollar. This game. is nice. You don't expect that tile, and when you see it, you're like, "Holy crap!" I've spent forty dollars on a game and didn't come with any pieces that nice. Yeah, and those just four random treasure tiles that are nicer than most things in other games. Like even like this is better than most things in Horrified. They're just, I mean, like the casting is so nice. The detail, I like that they're even colored because yeah. of the four treasures. When you're playing with multiple people, more than I would say multiple, I guess three or more. Do you keep someone? focused on those treasures and let other people shore up or do you guys kind of all do the same like keep everything short and get to a treasure when you get to a treasure so our strategy is often this once you start getting the event uh the treasure cards because you start with two but then after you draw like the the first and the second time you kind of try to see what your hand is if my hand is now two or three fires right then I should probably just start making my way over to the fire and be ready. It's all about being flexible too, because you have to trade. And yeah. sometimes it requires you to get close to someone to trade. I feel the like cards. this in this co-op, you actually do trade. Yeah. I feel like I'm thinking back to like pandemic, obviously. You don't trade in pan like no. hardly ever are you trading in pan. It's one of the things you can do. I've never done it. But like you just don't really do it much. And this game I feel like you kind of have to. I don't think there's ever been a game I haven't traded in because if, if someone keeps drawing all the certain one card you need and they keep discarding it, eventually there's none for you to get. And the deck's not that big. I don't think I have anything else to talk about. I don't really think I do either. 
I hope you enjoyed this game walkthrough. And if it's been a while, like it has been for me, I recommend grabbing this one off the shelf, playing again. I don't think you'd be disappointed. And for upcoming episodes, we're going to talk about Zero. But next week, we're going to have a little bit of a special episode with the holidays around the corner for Joe and I. We both have Christmas this coming up week. We're going to talk about just, you know, our go-to games, what we grab for game nights, what we grab for nights that we hope to maybe play a game and we're not scheduled to and all that fun stuff. So I think it's going to be a really fun episode. Check back next Wednesday for that one. And then the Wednesday after we'll be doing Suro again, back to the normally scheduled program. You can find our page on Instagram at where is the rulebook or email us at where is the rulebook at gmail.com. If you like this episode, please subscribe and leave us a rating on your podcast app today. This season is sponsored by TC Paintball, local to Traverse City, Michigan. TC Paintball is a paintball, airsoft, tabletop, card, and board game store that excels at bringing in the community to enjoy all of our hobbies. But all of these games are either owned by one or both of us and are not paid sponsorships. Also, to all of our listeners, you can receive 10% off all board games and 15% off featured board game each month just by mentioning Where is the Rulebook? And a huge thank you to John Ransom for making our theme song and the music you listen to while we're playing the game. And if you love that song as much as we do, check out Jack Pine for more music with John. Thanks for playing.